Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright. and This is the video teaching series, Our Motives from God's Perspective. This is part one. There will be several parts of this uh, uh, subject with different lessons under each part. And this is part, this is lesson seven of part one of the video teaching series, Our Motives from God's Perspective. From God's perspective, the most important factor in determining the results that he gives is motive. For the saved person who is truly trying to live a life pleasing to God, living a repentant, holy, dedicated, sacrificial life, the most important factor in determining spiritual results is motive. I just said the same thing two different ways. But Matthew 5 and 8 says this, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The word pure, according to Thayer's, means free from corrupt desire, free from every admixture of what is false, that which is sincere and genuine, blameless, innocent, unstained with the guilt of anything. So this is exactly what Christ wants us to have as a pure heart with right motives. Motives that please him. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And the Greek word there, see, means to look at, to behold. Uh, according to That's according to Thayer's. Vine says it means, signifies to allow oneself to be seen. The manifestation of God. It's not talking about seeing necessarily his form, but to see his manifestation, to see him reveal himself. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they are the ones that's going to see God. Complete word study dictionary says of this Greek word, to see, to perceive with the eyes, to look at. Uh, Transitively, it means implying not only the mere act of seeing, but also the actual perception of what one sees. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Paul uh, David said it this way in Psalms 15, verse 1. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle, and who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly, and worketh righteousness, and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is condemned. But he honoreth them that fear the Lord." He that sweareth to his own hurt and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Now, we are at war. But we are not at war with humans. We're at war with the adversary. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of wickedness and wicked spirits in the heavenlies, the heavenly atmosphere, the atmosphere of the earth. We are, we are not dealing with human beings, but we are dealing with flesh, our flesh. We're dealing with spirits and we're dealing with our own flesh. Now, competition competing one with another, is denying that our Father is in control 
and that he has a place for us that only we can fulfill. The word sin that's used in the Greek New Testament, the most predominant word translated sin, literally means to miss the mark. It's not about moral failure or being moral. It's about missing the mark. What is the mark? The root word of that Greek word translated sin or miss the mark is portion or share. So sin is anything that causes me to miss out on God's share or portion that he has designated specifically for me in him and in his plan. Now, backbiting, uh, speaking evil of someone else, uh, doing evil to our neighbor, doing wrong to somebody. What's, the, what's really the motive of all that? To prove myself superior to them, right? Isn't that what it is? Am I not trying to prove myself superior to them? I put me here, put them here, and then I prove I put me here, them here, because I speak down to them. Is that not wrong motive? Is that not a evidence of a wrong motive? So who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? People that are not participating in these things. Now, Psalms 24 verse 1 says this, The earth is the Lord and the fullest thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. For he hath founded upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend in the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands. Who shall ascend in the hill of the Lord? Who shall stand in his holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart, who hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, nor sworn deceitfully, he shall receive the blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Ultimately, again, what's this talking about? Those were the right motive. So having a pure heart is synonymous with having a right motive. Because let's face facts, folks. Sin is committed out of a wrong motive, isn't it? I want to do what I want when I want to do it. That's the wrong motive. Because it's not pleasing to God. Pleasing God is doing the will of the Father. Jesus made that statement very clearly in Matthew 7, 21 through 23. So pleasing God is doing the will of the Father. If I'm doing what I want to do when I want to do it, how I want to do it, what's my motive? It's surely not pleasing God. So my motive is wrong. So I don't have a pure heart. And the way I treat others, either as a conduit of his love to them, which glorifies God because my motive is pure, or how can I gain an edge, an advantage here? What can I get out of them? Wrong motive. It's a wrong motive. Psalms 51, we find David repenting of his wrong motives. Psalms 51 and 1, have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto thy, the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, plural, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, thee only, have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Clear meaning not clear, I 
clearly understand you, but clear meaning you're not liable to be judged for judging. And so, what was the sin of David again? He saw, he stayed home, the army went out to fight for him. He stayed home, he saw a man's wife bathing, he had her brought to him, he committed adultery with her, he got her pregnant. He found out she was pregnant, he brought the man home to give him a break with the intent that he would sleep with his wife so that it could be covered up that the woman was pregnant by David. The man wouldn't cooperate because he was such a devoted soldier to David. So David sent him back to the front line and put him in a dangerous place so he would get killed, and God called it murder. And then David married the woman to cover up his sin, and then that child died. And all of this was David's motives to protect himself from people knowing he had done wrong. Now, he might have covered all that up, but he didn't go to the woman's house by himself in the cloak in the cover of night, I, I'm sure you. He had her brought to him. So some people knew he did that. Now, they might not have known what he did in the prophecy of the room with her, but I'm sure they guessed. But they were loyal servants, apparently. And uh, so therefore, except for them and the woman, nobody else knew what David did. So he tried to cover it all up. I don't know if she was wanting to marry him, was willing to marry him, or her husband's now dead. And so there, therefore, the only way he she could be taken care of with was child, she'd rather be married pregnant than a widow pregnant. And so she marries David. But all of this motive is to cover, to hide, to conceal. All of this motive is impure motive. And so when God began to deal with David, he opened all this up so David could see it. And so David ultimately said, my sin is ever before me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight. And then he said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou makest, thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which, which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide not thy face, hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from thy presence. Take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Uphold me with thy free spirit. What was he doing? He was wanting to be restored to his relationship with God. Why? Because God chose him because he was a man after God's own heart. But when he committed adultery, got a woman pregnant that was another man's wife, had the man killed and married her to cover up his sin, he wasn't. Pleasing God then. So the Lord pulled the cover off, off, off all this to David so David could see what all this cost him. So he's not only repenting, he's not asking God to hide all this. He's, he's, he's not only repenting, but he's asking God to restore him. <laughs> uh, Created me a clean heart. I want a pure heart back. I want my motives back. I want the motives I had out on that hillside as a boy writing songs to you. 
where you, where your presence left the holiest of all and came out there and visited a boy that was of the tribe of Judah instead of the priests of the tribe of Levi. Because I wanted you and I, I wanted to know you and you acknowledged me and came out to, I want that back because my wrong motives have cost me all of that. Jesus name, God help us, help me, I help me. I, I want my motives to be pure. I want a pure heart. Blessed are they which, uh, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. I want to see God. I want to see the manifestation of God. I want to be a conduit and pray for others that are conduits that people can see the manifestation of God through me, through them, so that they can know God is real. But I want right motives and all that. I don't want to take the credit for all of that. I want him to shine his light in here and grant me repentance so that I can confess these things and that so his grace can empower me to change. I want to change. And what did David say the result of all this prayer and this change and this restoration and renewal would be? Verse 13. Psalms 51, 13. Then, I want to read it starting with verse 10 again. Uh, verse 9. Verse 7. <laughs> Purge me with this, that I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins, blot out all my transgressions. Create me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then, then, Will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. So those who have transgressed and walked away from God, the backslider, because of your forgiving me and restoring unto me my pure motives, my pure hearts, I want to see God causing backsliders to come back and that sinners would be converted, saved. When we, in Jesus' name, when we let him deal with us and we get revived by seeing our sin and acknowledging that we sinned against him with our wrong motives and we and he and he deals with us and he we let him thoroughly purge us and cleanse us and and restore our our pure heart and our right spirit and 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 and, and he, he, he renews his presence in us and, and, and he gives us back our joy. Then we can see God by backsliders being saved and sinners coming to God through us. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I, I pray for this to happen. In Jesus' name, I pray for this to happen. We have got to have a pure heart. The scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, starting with verse 14, Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? And what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them. And walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. 
This is the will of God. This is the plan of God. He wants to, wants, he has made us the temple of God, but we've got to have a pure heart. And he's promised that he would dwell in us and walk in us, meaning with us. And, and he will be our God and we're our, his people and we will be his conduits and his earthen vessels for him to use to do his work, his will, and to see his glory manifested. That he might be glorified through the fruit he does through us. So he says this, you want that? You want those promises? You want the promise of being my temple? You want the, you want the promise that I will dwell in you, walk in you, and be your God and you be my people? Then this is what you've got to do. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing. And I, and I will receive you. Our wrong motives, our wrong attitudes, our wrong spirits, they keep God separated from us. And I, and we'll be a father unto you. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. And the next verse, the verse of the, uh, the first verse of the next chapter is a continuation of this thought. Having therefore these promises, we'd say today, therefore, having these promises. The word therefore is a conclusion, conclusive conjunctive. What is about to say is being joined conclusively as a conclusion to all that was just said. Everything that was just said, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 through 18, are all the basis for the, the conclusion of what's about to be said. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. I can do everything right externally. I can do all the rights and not do the, any of the wrongs and not be pleasing to God, and he will not receive me if I have filthiness of my spirit. Wrong attitude. Wrong motives. Wrong motives. Wrong motives. I'm not seeking my glory. I'm seeking his. Wrong motive. A filthiness of the spirit. My actions involve my flesh. But the spirit involves my motives. Because everything I do, right or wrong, is ultimately a product of my motives, good or bad, right or wrong motives. That's why Paul said in another place, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. That word see there is exactly the same Greek word as in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. See God in manifestation. See God revealed. Blessed are the pure in heart. Follow peace with all men and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. The literal translation of the, of the Holy Bible by Mr. Green says, eagerly pursue peace and holiness with all without which no one will see the Lord. The Amplified Bible Classic Edition says, Strive, strive to live in peace with everybody and pursue 
that consecration and holiness without which no one ever will ever see the Lord. Rotherham's emphasized Bible says, peace be pursuing with all. And the obtaining of holiness without which no one shall see the Lord. And finally, Weiss Expanded Translation of the New Testament says, be eagerly seeking after peace with all and holiness without which, brackets, holiness, no one shall see the Lord. Friend, brother, sister, the Lord Jesus Christ wants to use us, wants to manifest himself through us to this world. We are the body of Christ in the earth. The head of the body is sitting on the throne of the universe, ruling over the universe right now, according to Ephesians chapter 1 and other places. Right now, the head of the body is in heaven sitting on the throne. But today, (coughs) the rest of the body of Christ is on the earth. Now, the body needs to be cooperative with the head. But how can the head use the body when the motives of the body are contrary to the motives of the head? God wants to use us. That's his plan. It was his plan from before the foundation of the world. I've taught in other lessons and preached in other sessions, and you've probably heard others say, God is guaranteed the harvest truly is plenteous. But the laborers are few. Why are, why are the members of his body not involved in what he's involved with? Why are not we not involved in his field? Wrong motives. How many times do people pray? Pray regularly. Consider themselves spiritually. They consider themselves to be spiritual. But when you listen to their prayer, It's all about them. It's all about what they want. It's all about what they want God to fix, what they want him to do, what they want him to prevent from happening. It's not about him. It's not about his will. What is the motives of a person who's only praying to get out of God what they can get out of him? They don't have time for any other kind of praying. They don't have time for real fellowship with him in prayer. They don't have time for him to be, for them to be his conduit for ministry and prayer. They don't have time for that. What's the motive of that person? Whose will are they doing? Whose will are they pursuing? His or theirs? God's or theirs? My friend, my brother, my sister, we are the body of Christ in the earth. We are members in particular of that body, meaning each one of us is specifically a member of the body for a specific purpose as a member of what we contribute in God's plan to the body and to the mission and purpose of the body and the earth. Are we doing that? Are we fulfilling that? Are we pleasing God with that? He promised us 
Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. They shall see God in manifestation. They shall see God in demonstration. I believe it was after David's prayer. It might have been before. But there are two prayers. Psalms uh, 42 and Psalm 63. Psalms four, four, I believe it's Psalms 42. David said, O God, thou art my God. Early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee. When shall I come and stand before God? That's not an exact quote, but it's close. And then maybe my favorite prayer of David and one that I've prayed for myself many, many times. O oh God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh even longs for thee. In a dry and a thirsty land where no water is. For what? To see thy power and thy glory in the sanctuary, so as I have seen thee. Two different Hebrew words there for see. The first one is to see in manifestation in demonstration, for all to see in manifestation and demonstration in the sanctuary what I have seen in the Spirit as I have spent time with you in the sanctuary. To see thy power and thy glory so as I have seen thee in the sanctuary. O God, thou art my God early when I seek thee, my soul thirsteth of thee, my flesh longeth for thee. In a dry and a thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as I've seen thee in the sanctuary. He's not praying for God to only manifest himself in the sanctuary. He's praying for God to manifest himself to people, to this world, as David saw him in the spirit in the sanctuary. Is that our motive? Is our motive for God to be revealed, for God to be glorified, for people to know God? or for them to know us and to brag about us and to come to our church to hear me preach, come to our church because we're all good people, come to our church to hear our singing, come to our church to see our building. Well, if they're coming to see you, to hear you, to meet you, to see your facility, then they're not coming for Jesus because your motive in getting them there was wrong. Their motive for, motive for coming is wrong. So whatever happens, at best, they become a convert to your religion. And even if your doctrine is truth, they're still not a part of the body of Christ. Because they're supposed to be brought to Jesus. You want to hear a statement that's widely accepted, that is absolutely demonstrative of wrong motive? We've got to win people to God before we can win them to him. There's nothing in the Bible like that, and that is absolutely wrong motive. Paul said we are to be dead and our lives hid with Christ and God. We're not trying to win them to us. We don't even want them to see us. We want them to see Jesus. We want them to see Jesus manifested. We want them to be drawn to Jesus. We want Jesus to be able to save them because we cannot. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray that you and I will have a pure heart, that the Lord will give us a pure heart so that we can see God in manifestation in this earth, 
So the sheep that are scattered abroad with no shepherd can have Jesus, the good shepherd, as their shepherd. The good shepherd may use us as a conduit to be a shepherd through us, but we are not the shepherd. He is. He is the one that saves them. He is the one that leads and guides them. In Jesus' name, I pray that you and I can see that and that his word and his, the truth, the light of his word, by his spirit will shine in our hearts and let us see ourselves in the light of his word and his spirit so that we can see that against him and him only have we sinned because of our wrong motives. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray revival, repentance, rededication, recommitment, and a purged and a pure heart upon you and upon me. In Jesus' name, amen.